welcome, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess is on the road, hitting the road hard. Jess, thanks again for coming in. I know yesterday you were on the plane. Tomorrow you'll be on a plane. Uh, hey, you know what, Jess? You make it happen. Listen, uh, today's show, folks, is we're just two. First of all, we're two evangelical Catholics with That's PhDs right. with common sense. We got nothing special other than our great love for Jesus and his church. But today's show, we're going to have three topics. One, Archbishop Vigano, he was right about Donald Trump. You got that right. Number two, Pope Francis calls Cuba a symbol. What's that all about? And number three, the persecuted church in Nicaragua. And they're calling war. They're calling war on the Catholic Church in Nicaragua. Same, same characters. We'll find out more about that and much, much more. But just before we get to the good news stories, I got a good news story that you probably know because you've got a, ba- a boxing background. Okay. The World Boxing Council bans gender-confused men from competing against women. About time. Praise God. Common sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Jess, when you were boxing, did you have any of that issue with women boxing back when you were a, a youngster? No, Terry. Not of at course all. Not. People understood the, 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 the clear roles between a male and a female. That would have been, uh, it would have been detrimental to women to be boxing men. It would, it, it would have, of course. It, yeah. yeah. It would have been yeah, and horrible. I got, and I got one more story, and then I'll, uh, I'll turn it over to you. Good news story. This is a a Montana abortionist. This is a lady who's not really excited about doing abortions, but she decided to close her facility despite permissive state laws and uh, cites the political climate. And I I like what she said. She says, I really don't want to do these, but you know what? I decided, you know, I plan to close the clinic down now. So I think that's a good news story. And one more thing about what I think we should keep our prayers going for Cardinal Zen, who's the Chinese cardinal, who's standing trial in September in a couple of weeks over his pro-democracy fund. Uh, there's a man that's been persecuted for a lot of years. I like what he says, Jesse. He, after he goes to court, you know, he's on bail right now, and then he's going to go again. But he says, I offered mass after the court appearance and in May, and I prayed for the Catholics in mainland China who are facing persecution. Here's what he said, Jess. Martyrdom is a normal thing in the church. Zen said, we may not have to do it that but we have to bear some pain and and steal ourselves from, uh, and seal ourselves to our loyalty and our faith. I tell you, man, that guy always has been inspiring me. We've had him on our show here on the network, and he's the kind of guy that inspires me. Terry, I'll tell I'll tell you something else that's, that's pretty good news on, on just the culture wars. Yeah, is that uh, is uh, Liz Cheney? Oh yeah, has, she lost her seat, Terry, big time by thirty some points. Yeah, she got she got Land. destroyed. Uh, yeah, Liz Liz Cheney is uh, she's a rhino. She's part of the establishment. Her and her father, yep. and she's going to be replaced by a good patriot uh, woman of faith, conservative. So that's good. Uh, her name is Harriet uh, Harriet Hagelman, I think is her, her name. That just for yeah, but she trounced her Terry. Good. And and uh, uh, here's another bit of good news. For those of you that live in California, this yeah. is California good I love news. It. Yeah. There was a pastor from Calvary Chapel that sued the, the state of the city of San Jose <clears throat> over having to lock down during the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic scandemic. Right. Well, guess what? The Court of Appeals <laughs> just sided love with it. this Calvary Chapel pastor from uh, from San Jose. Uh, and he just his name is uh, Pastor. Mike McClure, Calvary Chapel, San Jose. Huge victory for this 
for this Protestant pastor, the court of the California Court of Appeals confirms the public health orders forcing churches to close is unconstitutional, period. Good news. About time, about time. Yeah. Well, Jess, anything else before we get some soul yeah, food? Yeah, a few, a few other things hit us, for man, the soul food. Uh, God, let's pray for our Nigerian Catholic brothers. They're, they're facing a lot of Islamic violence. Oh, uh, there are uh, uh, There's thousands of people uprooted by these bandit Islamic attackers. In recent years, they've sought refuge at camps set up near St. Francis Xavier Parish, which oversees a network of smaller uh, Catholic churches within, within, within the diocese of Makurdi in Nigeria. Uh, and also, Terry, Governor Samuel Orton from, from uh, the Diocese of Mercuda in Nigeria yeah. decided to arm a 500-man volunteer militia, Catholic militia. I hope so. To help, to help defend against these Islamics. Yeah, see, let me so jump in for back, a minute. Back to the, yeah, back to the we question. just had a priest on yesterday who was kidnapped by these terrorists. And I asked that very same question. Why don't we use proportionate measures to stop these thugs? Because they're making lots of money, you know, t- uh, kidnapping all these people. And you just gave the answer. They said, wait a minute, let's protect ourselves. This is within our rights as Catholics, Jess. Yep. Here's another <laughs> a bit of news. There's an, it doesn't surprise me, an irreverent play in an upcoming theater. It's depicting St. Joan, St. Joan of Arc as a non-binary person. Oh, no. In the play, she uses the words, the pronouns they and them. Well, this theater is, is facing criticism from Catholics, and rightfully Good. so, Good. because uh, we as Catholics are saying, please stop saying amazing women aren't really women. And so uh, Abigail Favall, a Catholic professor and expert on gender studies and feminist literary criticism, is criticizing this theater. Here's another bit of news. Good. The National Education Association, the president, Rebecca Pringle, and other teacher union officials are calling for more public school funding as they face a shortage of public school teachers All around the country. The country. Sure. So Rebecca Pringle recently told an interviewer that the school system in the U.S. is short by 300,000 teachers and support staff, yep. signaling a crisis in the number of students who are going into the teaching profession and the number of teachers who are leaving it by the truckloads Finally, the Department of Justice opposes the release of the Trump warrant affidavit. The Department of Justice, we should call it the Department of Injustice, <laughs> they're, they're opposing the release of the affidavit that was used to justify the raid on former President Donald Trump's Florida home. The, uh, the Department of Justice claims the following. They say the redactions necessary to mitigate harms to the integrity of the investigation would be so extensive as to render the remaining unsealed text devoid of a meaningful content. Uh, so many congressional Republicans are condemning the raid and they've demanded answers from the Attorney General Merrick Garland. I hope that the Republicans take over, Terry. I hope he is impeached immediately. Well, let me give you some good news. 95% of the candidates that ran in races that were endorsed by President Trump, former President Trump, won their race. Does that say something, Jess? Unbelievable. Praise the Lord. All right. Anything else before we, now we can get to That's our, it, Terry. All right, let's get some soul food in, Jess, from the gospel. Yeah. Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man. Uh, this, uh, this Wednesday. Yep. Gospel of Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, 
He sent them into his vineyard going out about nine o'clock. He saw others standing idle in the marketplace and he said to them, you two go into my vineyard and I will give you what is last or what is just, excuse me, mm -hmm. what is just. Yeah. So they went off and he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, he found others standing around and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you two go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard used uh, said to his foreman, summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, <clears throat> each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowners saying, these last ones were, worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to, to one of them in reply, my friend, I'm not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What have I wished, what have I wished to give this last one the same as you, as, as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first and the first will be last. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is the parable about salvation. In other words, this is, the, this is what we call the St. Dismas moment. Mm. There are some people like Mother Teresa that have lived their life, and St. John Paul II pretty much lived the life uh, in a state of grace as soon as they were received their first Holy Communion. And they just lived in, 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 per, in the perpetual light of Christ. There are some people like St. Dismas that stole heaven at the very end. <laughs> Uh, I mean, literally at the very end. Really? Nonetheless, both of them, both Mother Teresa, John Paul II, and St. Dismas will end up at the same place. It's called heaven. That's what this parable tells us. God's mercy extends even to the last moment of your life. You can be a wretched person, and at the last moment of your life, you can repent, have contrition, uh, and, and, and uh, receive God's forgiveness and mercy, yeah. die in a state of grace, and get to heaven. Now, there's a different conversation we could have. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to have the same rewards in heaven. Uh, but salvation, everybody can get to heaven if you repent and receive God's mercy, no matter at what point in your life that happens. Now, in heaven, there are gradations of, of rewards. That'll be for another conversation. Amen. Let's bring in the smartest guy into the room, Fulton Sheen. <laughs> Bull Sheen ahead. He says about the will. Purity does not begin in the body, but in the will. From there, it flows outward, cleansing thoughts, imaginations, and finally the body. Bodily purity is a repercussion of an echo of the will. Life is impure only when the will is impure. Yes, you, you, we call a sin is in the will, you know? Yeah. So we really have to really use the custody of our eyes when we talk about purity because yeah. it's in the will. Oh, crap. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk about Archbishop Vigano. I hadn't been on him. For a while, let's see what he has to say about Donald Trump and much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We have more to share about the good news of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse's on the road, hitting his parishes, doing what he does, and he's here with me, and we're talking about Archbishop Vigano. Was he right about Donald Trump? Jess, your thoughts? 
Yeah, well, LifeSite News, a very trusted source for information for yeah. Catholics. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, Kennedy Hall, a friend of the show, he put out an article mm -hmm. uh, that he wrote regarding Archbishop Vigano's statements about former President Donald Trump. He says this, uh, Kennedy Hall writes, Whatever one may think about Donald Trump, it is clear that he is a fly in the globalist ointment. Amen. Yes, my yeah, yes, my friends and colleagues who have decided to choke on red pills will say that he was always a psyop, or that man was just an opportunist who who feigned political ideals in order to win the greatest reality TV show in the world, the presidency. It may very well be that the Donald is not the is not Saint Donald the Great or a holy Catholic monarch. But at this, at this point, I think it is foolish to think that he is just a globalist tool or an opportunist politician. Whatever he is, the left and the Marxists hate him. Amen. And it is clear they think that he's just a globalist tool or an opportunist politician. Whatever he is, the left, uh, yeah, yeah, um, and everyone associated with him, they want to take them down. For all Trump's flaws, he is the man who brought in the judges who took away Moloch's insatiable stranglehold over American law. Just a fact. Which is why the so-called Trump derangement syndrome is clearly more like a manifestation of the demonic. <laughs> Even if Trump is your enemy, he is the enemy of your enemy and therefore an unlikely friend in this war for civilization. Wow. wow. Well, there's one Catholic prelate who understood this as much better than anyone or than anyone mm -hmm, sure. and that is Archbishop Vigano. Yep. In 2020 the Archbishop released a number of powerful and striking letters about then President Trump and the impending election. In his letter from June 7th the former nuncio to the US began by saying quote we have been witnessing the formation of two opposing sides that I would call biblical the children of light and the children of darkness. Simple. He claimed that the children of light represent the majority of society and that those who have been get, who, those who have given themselves over to the dark side are in the minority even if they are more effective or influential for the time being i have to agree with this as it matches scriptural references to the fact that the fallen angels are a fraction of the good angels but demonstrate a disproportional power over the fallen human race terry yeah he added that these children of light i like the way he makes it so simple just the yeah. children of light are the object of a sort of discrimination which places them in a situation of moral inferiority with respect to their adver adversaries who often hold strategic positions in government, politics, in the economy, and the media. Can I mention one more section in there? The article doesn't say, I say even in the church. Yeah, agreed. Also, also true, he continued with, what seems like a reference to the book of the book of Revelation, Apocalypse, speaking of a clear separation between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. Continue, Jess. So this is Vigano. He quotes Vigano here. He right says, on. on the one hand, there are those who, although they have a thousand defects and weaknesses, are motivated by the desire to do good, to be honest, to raise a family to engage in work, to give prosperity to their homeland, to help the needy, and in obedience to the law, the law of God, to merit the kingdom of heaven. On the other hand, there are those who serve themselves, who do not hold any moral principles, 
who want to demolish the family and the nation, exploit workers to make themselves unduly wealthy, foment internal divisions and wars, and accumulate power and money. For them, the fallacious illusion of of, uh, temporal well-being will one day, if they do not repent, yield to the terrible fate that awaits them far from God in eternal damnation. These comments by Vigano are exactly correct. In our world today, there are many people who still have who still have enough sense to listen to their gut, to try and follow the natural law, even if they do not have the words to describe it. You don't have to be a Catholic to understand that grooming kids is wrong or that killing infants in the womb is evil. Normal, non-serpentine people understand these things without having to have it explained to them. But it is true that there's a contingency of borderline possessed or sociopathic individuals who will stop at nothing and be stopped by no metaphysical moral principles on their quest to damn the human race. For whatever reason, Trump, warts, bad haircut, failed marriages, and all manifested as something like an instrument of providence to lead the flawed yet same people of the free world against these sulfuric nut jobs who want to turn the world's most influential nation into a carbon copy of the Chinese Communist Party. The recent raid of Trump's home just confirms what Vigano said in that letter from June 2020 about the children of darkness, stopping at nothing to bring down any semblance of goodness and truth. In his October 2020 letter the former president, to the former president, Archbishop Vigano added emphatically that it was Trump, or whatever Trump represents, who stood between a deep state takeover and a free and sane America. That's a fact with that statement, Jesse. That's a fact. Vigano wrote this. It is you, dear president, who are the one who opposes a deep state, the final assault of the children of darkness. Wow. Again, whatever you think about Trump, it's clear that the deep state views him as almost an existential threat. And they'll stop at nothing to take him down. This must give us pause. Much like in scripture, when when, when it is the demons who attest to the divinity of Christ, it's almost like the demonic globalists can't help but attest by their hatred for Trump that he is the leading figure of an America that Vigano labeled, quote, the defending wall against which the war declared by the advocates of globalism has been unleashed, close quote. What the fallout from the raid at Mar-a-Lago will remain, what will be, remains to be seen. But one thing we can be sure about is that Vigano was right about Trump. You know, Jesse, Kennedy Hall, we write, he writes a lot for LifeSite News, and I really enjoy his articles. I think he's spot on, but I got to tell you, they're going to stop at nothing. They do not want to see President Trump uh, run again. They are going to take uh, no of every step they can to make it not happen because they're afraid because of what he did. Look what he did with the 300 judges he picked when he was the president in four years. We have to deal with those judges. Look what he did again, like you said, about the pro-life issues. Look, all these things are uh, opposed to um, the the liberal arm of America, and they see Trump as, there's just, I mean, he, he did it once. We make sure that he's not going to do it again to be the next president. And I just think that Kennedy Hall did a service by, by making it quite simple, by quoting Archbishop Vigano 
uh, that uh, I'm not going to say Trump's a saint, but you know what's weird about this, Jess? That God used this man, as flawed as he is, mm-hmm. to stand up for the unborn. Can you imagine if we have a Catholic, a baptized Catholic, who's the president right now, and he does just the opposite, and we had a non-Catholic guy stand up for the unborn? See, to me, it seems like God is, is working you know, in, uh, in kind of mysterious ways, because you wouldn't expect, I mean, 20 years ago, to have a Donald Trump be instrumental in protecting the unborn? Nobody would have thought of that, Jess. Absolutely. You're right, Terry. So let's look at some of the things that, that Donald Trump has done. Yeah, you got uh, and this is why I think that he, he has a lot of Catholic sensibilities. Though he's not Catholic, he definitely has a lot of Catholic sensibilities. So what are some of the things that he's done? Well, I can say that he's created the greatest economy in this country that this country's ever seen in the, in the last 60 years Boy, of my life. Boy, we miss that. Yeah. President Trump also enforced immigration laws to protect America and American jobs. Yep. Uh, in, in fact, if you read the catechism of the Catholic Church on immigration and Trump's policies, they're completely wow. congruent with each other. Yep. All, all, you know, President Trump, he also called on Congress to fully fund the wall. They kept suing him. The Democrats kept suing him. Uh, you know, he was kept fighting one lawsuit after another. Why? Because he wants to end the chain migration. He wants to eliminate the visa lottery programs. He wants to stop the drug trade, the cartels, the sex trafficking, all of this that's happening at the border. And I'll tell you one thing, Terry, President Trump is probably one of the only presidents in my lifetime, I'm 61 years old, that he's he made promises and he kept them. Yep. You know, for example, things like uh, rebuilding the military, uh, defeating ISIS, yep. uh, confronting rogue nations, and having them pay their fair share of, 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 of taxes. Hey, Jesse, uh, add the one about China with all the taxes that all the tariffs that he got China to pay us billions of dollars. Absolutely. No, no other president has done something no like one. this. In fact, other China plays other presidents for fools when they're in power. Oh, yeah. The only one that they didn't play for a fool is Donald Trump. That's why they wanted to make sure that he got they got him out of office yep. with this Wuhan virus that they unleashed uh, in collaboration with the Democrat Party. Terry, also, uh, one of the things under Donald Trump is that he is very pro-law enforcement. Even though the FBI has, has basically been weaponized against him, mm-hmm. Trump still wants to— he, he was still funding law enforcement from state to state, from city to city, county to county— also, some of Trump's policies, he also unlocked American energy That's right. because that was restricting our ability to, we, you know, to, to produce for ourselves. We were, have, we were having to buy from rogue nations, but Trump unlocked American energy like no other president. Can I ask you one, yeah. Ed, one thing, Jesse? Not only did he unlock it, we were exporting energy for the first yeah. time. I mean, as soon as he got out, that got reversed, and then... Take a look, folks. What are you paying for your gasoline out in California? It's about five bucks a gallon. So I think what Trump did uh, morally, financially, uh, it really ticked off the the uh, liberal arm in America. And he, they do not want to see him come back, Jess. Terry, and I'll tell you, if if Trump's name is written in the book of life, and again, there's a book, the Bible says the book of yeah. life, your name. If his name is written in the book of life, I'll tell you why it will be written there. Can tell you because too. because he, through his judicial nominees, that's right, overturned a 50-year Moloch killing machine called 
Roe versus Wade. And this president, through his picks that he did on purpose, he overturned a killing machine in this country. If there's only one reason why God will have mercy on him at his particular judgment, it's because he did the greatest act that any sitting president could ever do, overturn a systematic killing machine with the stroke of a pen. Well, that's what I said, that all the unborn babies, if they were voting as Americans, they'd all be voting for Trump, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Terry, and, uh, and and so what what do we expect from a Biden presidency? Yeah. Well, we knew we were going to get, Terry. Yeah, and that's uh, the thing that, Jesse, I just have to say, that's the thing that bothers me because as a church, we need to speak up for the unborn. We're doing it now that he's, you know, it's there, but... During the election period, they, we don't have to be quiet, Bishop, priest, speak up. It's the, thing, it's the right thing to do. When we come back, we'll talk more about um, Pope Francis and Cuba. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now... Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show is right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, Jess, with you about Cuba, one of the most persecuted uh, and depressed countries in the world. I'd say it's on the top five on my list where there's countries that have been just a, a, a symbol of devastation because of communism. And um, we have an article here from our good friend John Horvitt about Pope Francis calling Cuba a symbol of what, Jess? What's that about? Well, uh Cuba was recently mentioned during a July 12th interview Mm -hmm. uh, Pope Francis gave to Televisa's Univision, their Mm -hmm. streaming service. His remarks cannot help but cause consternation to those suffering in this communist island prison. Here's what Pope Francis said, quote, I love the Cuban people very much. Good, good statement. Yeah. I also confess that I maintain a human relationship with Raul Castro. Okay. Close quote. So his reference to Raul Castro is like saying that although he loves the inmates in this prison, yeah. he gets along with the warden, he gets along well with the warden responsible for their suffering. Yeah. And adding to the confusion, the Pope called Cuba a symbol. We stop there, a symbol. And he also called it a country with a great history. Stop there. I have to ask that. What? A symbol of what? A great history of what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Notice there's no context. He didn't fill in these statements. He just threw those words out there. It, Cuba's a symbol and a great history. He didn't elaborate because it's not true. They're a symbol of tyranny. Exactly. And they have a, a history persecution. Of, of persecution and suffering. Exactly. So, so these commentaries come a little bit over a year after the largest anti-government protest had, had been seen in decades asking for freedom from communism. Yep. The protests were so intense that many thought the end of the regime might be in sight. However, the communist regime brutally suppressed the peaceful demonstrations. Many protesters were subjected to arbitrary arrest, torture, draconian prison sentences, beatings, and the Vatican and the West let that anniversary pass without commentary. Uh, sad. That's one of the saddest statements I've heard today. Yeah. The Vatican and the West let anniversary pass without any comment. Wow. Meanwhile, the misery continues. A recent 
outbreak demonstrates how bad things are and how indifferent the West is to Cuba's suffering. Uh, dengue is a viral disease transmitted by mosquitoes that leads to fever, vomiting, and even death. Prevention and treatment of dengue are not complicated in most modern countries. Mosquito fumigation and eradication programs usually prevent any significant spreading of the disease. While there's no specific treatment for dengue, early detection and proper hospital treatment mitigates its effects and minimizes fatalities in most normal countries. However, Cuba's not a normal country. That's for sure. Everything seems to conspire against proper treatment. <laughs> to begin with, most governmental agencies have conflicting reports on the extent of this disease, dengue. No one knows how many have it. Since the health system lacks testing supplies, government statistics are notoriously unreliable. Videos shared on social media by suffering humans present a more accurate picture of the disease, devastation, and strain on the public health system. Dramatic scenes at emergency rooms and hospitals show the helplessness of most sufferers as doctors have nothing to offer. Contributing to the dengue epidemic is the unavailability of simple products and services in Cuba. There are no screens for the windows to keep the mosquitoes out. People use improperly stored water in their houses since most have limited access to running water. Mosquito repellents and netting are not readily available to the Cuban population. Larvicide and diesel needed for fumigation are also lacking. Things only get worse when the dengue inf inflected person gets to the hospital. Patients have to bring their own bedding. Many hospitals lack running water and basic supplies like gloves, syringes, and other materials. Medicines that are re readily available in pharmacies elsewhere are in short supply. Lack of gas affects ambulance services to transport patients needing urgent care. Slowing things down generally are electric blankets that Black last several hours. Blackouts, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> blankets. Blackouts that last several hours every day. Thanks, Terry. Mm -hmm. Officials blame a power generation deficit, which means several generating plants are off the grid because, like most other things in the country, they lack maintenance or repair. Yep. Chronic food shortages in Cuba and civil unrest also contribute to the disaster. This is clearly a country living in a state of emergency that needs help. However, it has lived in this state for decades and its officials insist it needs no help. The pure communist country is only worsening as it spirals downward with its broken ideology, which can never produce prosperity. Yeah. Terry? Yeah, just the, the poor communist country, not the pure, because they are very poor. Just before the 1959 takeover, Cuba was like a resort island, and it was People were being fed. There was all kinds. It was a if that I, if that place Cuba was not put by the communists, it would be an amazing island. People would have jobs to be at, and it would be much much better. Now, indeed, even worse than the liberation theologians and Western leftists point to Cuba as a model. Yeah, they point to Cuba as a model, but you know I have to remember something, Jess. Pope Francis is from South America, and has something right, to do with yeah. it. Now. He, he, they, Cuba is a model, even a paradise for the world. This is a place where it's so bad, it's hard to imagine someone th saying that. They have uh, propagated the myth that Cuba has one of the best health care systems in the world. 
Meanwhile, people are dying. And as Jess said, you go to a Cuban hospital, you better bring your own bedding. You better bring your own towels, bring your own soap. The best? See, this, these are just communist lies, Jesse. That's what that is. Indeed, Cuba is a symbol. Yeah, you bet. On one hand, it symbolizes the continuation of a communist tyranny, misery, and brutality. For the West, Cuba is a painful symbol of its indifference and hypocrisy. Those who yet resist in Cuba are a symbol of Christian courage. All of our Christian brothers down there and long-suffering anticipating the day when they will be free to write the great history that awaits them. I agree. Cuba, eventually, they, it's going to end. Just like um, you know, other communist countries, there's no communist country or socialist country that's ever been successful. It's been tried, and it always fails. Yeah, Terry, uh, uh, communism, yeah. it comes from the writings of Karl Marx's his Communist Manifesto. Yep where he thought that he, with his writings, that he could provide this utopia on planet Earth. It didn't work that way. Yeah, where everybody, you know, it, but but everywhere were Karl Marx's communist manifesto ideas, everywhere his ideas have been tried, guess what? It's, it's resulted in catastrophe and mass murder. Persecution to the best. I know. Jesse, yeah, that, th this those is are the what our lady, but our lady talked about this, did she not? Our lady of Fatima warned us that, that Russia... Yep. If Russia was not consecrated, as per her orders, yep. that Russia would spread her errors around the world. One of the errors of Russia is communism. Yep. And uh, and I'll tell you, Terry, Karl Marx, he was a mouthpiece for Satan. Oh, big time. Yeah. And, and, and his communist manifesto, it's provided everything that these countries, these communist countries need to uh, to govern like they do, like dictators. And there's been, you know, Catholic and Protestant authors that have shown for example uh, dr paul kangor oh, he, uh, he's i think he was at hillsdale college or grove city college grove city yeah he uh, converted to the catholic faith a couple of years ago mm -hmm. he authored a book it's called the devil and Karl marx oh, yeah and uh, in that book he says that he shows a, a lot of the writings of Karl marx he shows the the horrifying words that demonstrate just how dark Karl Marx, the father of Marxism, truly was, because when you delve into his literature, just like Paul Kanger did, he says that uh, you know Karl Marx, his writings, his his literature, it's replete with like praises to Satan, you know, to uh, you know giving kudos to Satan. Yeah. There's also another Protestant author, his name is Richard Wormbrand. He is a uh, an evangelical Protestant Christian. He got locked up for 14 years in a uh, in a Romanian prison for his faith in Jesus Christ. He also wrote a book. It's called Karl Marx from Christian to Satanist. And in there, he does the same thing that basically uh, Dr. Paul Kangor does. He shows that that communism. Uh, he he shows first of all that like Karl Marx was a Satanist. He joined a satanic cult, and 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 the writings that he put out in the Communist Manifesto were inspired by his satanic beliefs. So, yeah, Terry, there's also another old book from 10 in my shelf. Uh, it's called, the book's called The Antichrist. It was written like in 1920. Mm -hmm. And that priest, he, he writes that when the Antichrist comes upon the world scene, he will cloak himself with the political system called communism. Wow. Jess, uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to continue a little more, if not, 
we're going to cover this Nicaragua regime has declared war. So we got church, we got church militant on today. Oh, today's Wednesday. I That's right. Totally forgot, Jesse. Boy, I wish, we'll do this one for tomorrow. But church militant will be on when we come right back here on the Terry and Jesse show. I want to make an announcement, Jess. Next week we're going to be doing a matching fund program. I've got about ten thousand dollars committed from our benefactors, Praise a couple God. big guys, and they said it's matching funds. So that ten will be twenty thousand dollars. And so next week we'll be covering that. Jess will be out and I'll be working with you on that. And so don't make a donation until Monday. And that way you'll uh, have, we'll, we'll get matching funds on that. Also, I want to thank all of our listeners. Um, many people have told me the interview with, um, with uh, Stephen Mosner has really enlightened them about uh, China. And I'm happy that it is doing that because um, uh, we that's one of the things we try to do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio is inform you about what's going on in the world in light of our Catholic faith. And, you know, we, we talk about the world biblical view. That's the view we want. It's what the Catholic Church has taught for 2,000 years. So when we come back, we'll have Church Militant and much, much more. Stay with us, family, here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And thanks again for all your support. You can go to vmpr.org. And we'll look forward to chatting with you with Church Militant when we come right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. We have James Futawa from Church Militant. Welcome, James. How's it going, Terry? Thanks Good. for having me again. If, our uh, pleasure. Yeah, this is my second time in a row doing this, but uh, we're preparing oh. for our uh, call to action convention. I, so. I love it. I love it. You know, if I could describe Church Militant, this is the description I have. Never, They never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Church Militant says, worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. And I think that's what you guys do. You give us the truth because you love the souls of people getting to heaven. And this is what you do is share it with them yeah. in a very, I would say, loving way, because it's important that people know the truth about salvation. Uh, James, what's going on for today's news? Give us an idea what you're what to expect to this later today. Yeah, first, I want to go to uh, India. Mm -hmm. They uh, just passed a law, a, a state in India just passed a law saying that all uh, converts from from Hinduism to Christianity or any other religion wow. are going to be severely limited in, in what they can do uh, and and what you know what they can uh, benefit from. So that is just another aspect of them just cracking down on Christianity. Really, it's, it really is what it's all about. They're severely severely limiting Christians um, who convert from Hinduism. Uh, they can't like they can't benefit from certain aspects of their caste system there, um, and so. But th th what I thought of with this is no. that the government is cracking down on Christians, and now we're seeing the uh, the uh, story that we've been putting out for the past couple weeks about the uh, Bishop K. A. William in India yeah. and the uh, Cardinal Gracias there sort of collusion. Yeah. That story has just kept growing and growing and growing as we just uncover more things in that. So 
the, the government is cracking down on Christians. And then also we have this, this thing from the Catholic Church. Uh, so Catholics in India are being just bombarded from all sides, government and church. So definitely we have to just pray for them. And I would ask St. Thomas, who was buried in Kerala, the southern part of India, to pray for yeah, us yeah. because uh, the persecution. See, this is what's interesting to me, James. Here we are in America, and we have a, a soft persecution. I get it. You know, if we stand up and pray our rosary, we're, we're, we're somehow condemned. But not to the extent of other parts of the world, especially in the Middle East and now in this state of India. So I appreciate you allowing us to know about that because now— all of us here listening can be praying for those souls in India because Absolutely. they need our prayers. And this is part of the mystical body. Do we realize our prayers can affect the souls in India? Yes, they can. That's why it's important to bring these things up for the needs of the church. What else is happening, James? Yeah, over in uh, Switzerland, the uh, uh -oh. bishops there have released their synod findings. And of course, yeah. it uh, they, they found that the church denies equality uh, to women in, in the church oh. and excludes uh, LGBT people. And uh, so that, that's, what they, that's what they found in their little listening sessions, the, the, the report that they gave. But what was interesting to me is that they brought up uh, the, the church is engaging in clericalism or the, the clerics of the church are sort of hoarding power and just being able to control everything that happens in the church, which I thought was extremely ironic given that, and we talk about this every single day, the abuse crisis that is hitting the church right now. They, they, this is what they found in their uh, listening session report, but I, I didn't really see anything about the uh, rampant abuse that's going on in the Catholic church, primarily homosexual abuse, uh, to boys or you know men, uh, the the abuse of, of seminarians and the the abuse of church teaching in general, uh, which is exactly what this is. So th this is what we're we're facing now with the this uh, synod on synodality of the synodalityness of the synod. You know, James, I think of Cardinal Seurat, Robert Seurat. He made a comment about these events that are going on in these listening sessions. He said, yeah. "I am afraid that we are tempted." to build a human church according to the times and according to our ideas. But the church is not ours. And I thought of that when you're reading that little tip about what's going on in Switzerland, but it's all over the world. We somehow have forgotten the word divine revelation, that God has revealed his uh, teachings to us through his scripture and through his church, and that yeah. we are not the arbitrators of what we want in the Bible and what we do not want. And it just seems to me that this whole situation uh, with the Senegal findings in Switzerland and Germany and other parts of the world, whatever happened to reading God's word and saying, what is the perennial teachings of the church? This is what we want to embrace the truth, not, you know, the world, because I'm seeing it as who's influencing the church. Is the church influencing the world or is the world influencing the church? And I have to agree with Cardinal Seurat, the church yeah. is being influenced too much by the world. Yeah, and uh, I mean, these, these listening sessions, oh. as they call them, they're supposed to be listening to everybody, but they seem to be listening to very, like, a, a very limited amount of people. They don't listen to faithful Catholics who are concerned about all this. And as you said, they're not listening to God. They're not no. <laughs> listening to his teachings at all, it seems. Yeah. 
That's very sad. What about your next topic, my friend? So uh, this this goes back to the uh, I think you you mentioned this, the uh, the Atlantic story that oh, yeah. bombshell oh, yeah. article that they released about the rosary. Yep. Um, a lot of or at least at least two. I'm, I'm sure there's way more, but uh, at least two uh, really famous rosary online rosary shops are saying they've seen in a gigantic uptick in sales. I know rugged rosaries is one of them, the great, uh, great, uh, online store there. They're, they're saying ever since that article came out, I'm just, I can't keep up with the, the amount of rosary, Good. uh, shipments coming in and then the, the request to buy and everything. So I think that's awesome. But, uh, what, one thing that kind of struck me about that Atlantic piece and um. sort of the fallout from that is the, uh, and we, we talked about this yesterday on evening news, I've often heard the phrase, there's no such thing as bad publicity, which I guess that's true for the Atlantic because yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure this has gotten a ton of eyes on them. Sure. But at the same time, they've had to retract and, and, and redo the, the headline of that article because they look like fools doing that. Right. And now, as, as the story says, a bunch of people, a bunch more people are buying the rosary in droves. So I, I think their, their goal for that article isn't isn't having the its intended effect right and you know persecution breeds the faith we know that we know that when we're persecuted people will have to stand up and i actually think uh this is something we need right now because especially in america we are so comfort so comfortable that you know we've kind of put the our faith many of us on a, a level where well you know don't don't really let's don't talk about that but in fact we are just the opposite we need to evangelize people with the good news of Christ. And I want to just recommend uh, Church Militant. You've got this, last week I mentioned it, you're, you have a, a special on the Holy Eucharist, the source and summit of the Christian faith. You have so many good uh, catechetical teachings on your website. I want to encourage our listeners to go to your website and be formed by these great programs because it builds confidence. You need to be, know your faith to share your faith. That's my take. Yeah, the Eucharist, God's Lamb is our uh, uh, documentary on the Eucharist. That that's a great watch. I would encourage people to uh, go and watch that. Yeah. Anything else? What about your upcoming event that's coming up just in another week? Give us an update. Yeah, yeah. The the Call to Action Convention. Uh, we're all 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 guns to that now. Uh, it's actually it's this weekend. Um, so we are we're definitely working our butts off for that. I and bet. Uh, we're going to record all the panel discussions. Uh, so. Um, that's going to be, we're not going to live stream anything, but, uh, once, once all those, uh, discussions and everything are edited, they're going to be on the site. And I definitely encourage people to go and watch those. I think they're going to be bombshell, bombshell discussions. Cause it's not going to be, you know, just a speaker coming up. It's going to be a panel and, uh, you know, moderated discussion. So I think it's going to be sure. really great. All right, James. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. My, our prayers are with you for your conference. God love you, and thanks for joining us each Wednesday here at VMPR. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for having me. God love you. Folks, tomorrow Jesse will not be here, but we are going to have a great show. We're going to be talking about the benefits of the healing power of confession, and I've got material on confession that you won't want to miss because it's going to show you the graces that you receive when you receive Holy of confession often, not just for mortal sin, but for venial sin. Wait till you hear what I have to share with you. It's going to be fascinating. I don't think most Catholics understand the graces you receive by going to confession on a regular basis. And what's a regular basis? Well, St. John Paul II, the great, he's the one who said at least once a month. 
If you're not going to confession once a month, that's not enough. And here again, if Jesse was here, I'd be asking him, Jess, what state should we be living in? And he would say, the state of grace, of course. And I would say this, let's get those rosaries out. We just heard from James saying that sales are up. What about rosaries are up in the sense of praying the rosary? I always think of people with those rosaries in their car. I just hope and pray they're praying those rosaries every day. It's not just a symbol because the praying of the rosary is what Our Lady at Fatima asked all of us to do for world peace in the world. And I want to also recommend visits to the Blessed Sacrament. We talked about, you know, the beauty of the Holy Eucharist. I remember Bishop Sheen saying the greatest love story of all times is contained in a tiny white host. So, and Benedict XVI said, when in adoration we look at the consecrated host, we encounter the greatness of his gift. Through, the, through this gaze of adoration, Jesus draws us towards himself within his mystery, through which he wants to transform us as he transforms the host. Isn't that beautiful? So the Eucharist, the source and summit of the Christian life, we need to make those visits to the Blessed Sacrament. We need holy hours. We need the rosary, reading our Bible, because these are tough times. We're at war. Yeah. And again, I always think it's important, as we say, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth of the gospel. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. I think of that in the church that sometimes right now we don't want to tell homosexuals that what they're doing objectively is sinful. We have to. If we love them, tell them the truth in a loving way. We need more of that today. And you here at Virgin Most Powerful, we try to do that every day with the good news of Jesus Christ. Tomorrow, again, I'm going to be sharing some things on confession, the healing power of confession, and why going to confession on a regular basis once a month will help you overcome even venial sin. Well, that'll be up for tomorrow. Stay with us. Matt Arnold's coming up next. And I want to thank all of you. Remember, next week will be our matching fund program where you give $100, it's $200. If you give $500, it's $1,000. Up to $10,000 we're working on. So I appreciate all your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Remember, Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We can all participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. Offer your suffering and union with his suffering to help redeem the world. God bless you.